Good evening. Calm Christian here. Once again, looking at videos. Once again, thinking about what the Bible says and checking the Word of God. To me, being on the narrow path is loving God, loving Jesus. Jesus is the Savior and Messiah of your life. God and Jesus give you the Holy Spirit to live in you, to point you back to Jesus Christ who points you to God. Reading the entire Bible in different translations to have fun, not just as an obligatory exercise, but to just delight in the Word of God and just pray without ceasing. And that's the goal. That's the narrow path. But everything else, you get to think about. You get to think about the hermeneutics. You're, that's your prerogative as a child of God. It's said in the movie, in that Jesus of Nazareth movie, the young Jesus, the guy with very blue eyes, is given a bar mitzvah. And you're given a bar mitzvah when you're 13 years old, 1-3. What a strange number to have a bar mitzvah, eh? Judaism picks 1-3, which is not exactly a super great number. Check Revelation 13. And he says, now that you are an adult member of this community, that you get to read and comment on the Holy Scriptures. Well, you are a spiritual Jew, all of you Christians. You get to have a comment and an opinion about Scripture. You get to think about it. You stay in the narrow path parameters that I just stipulated to you. But like I said, I don't tell you what to do or what to think. I ask you to think about what you're doing and think about what you're thinking. The choice is up to you. You get to, you get to go play in the weeds. Just don't get stuck there arguing with other Christians about what the weeds are. And if some other Christian has a different version of weeds than you do, that's okay. You put your hands around each other, you clap your hands around each other and say, brother, we're all saved. Let's go to heaven together. And we can disagree agreeably and disagree in love. So I got a question. Where the hell is hell? I just ripped my Bible. Awesome. Revelation 20 verse 9. They went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Who, who's the them? It can't be the saints. So it's got to be the bad guys, the people who don't like God. I'll read you another verse here. It says, Revelation 19, verses 20. Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Doesn't really sound good, but again, it's not the saints, right? How about this? Revelation 14, verses 10. Um, anyone who worships the beast and his image in Revelation 14, verses 9, and receives his mark on the forehead or on his head or on his hand. So I guess these are the bad guys, the worshipers of the beast, which is not Jesus. It's maybe some religious political system dominated by the Antichrist or an Antichrist or some false system of worship, you know, 
a form system of worship, an external system of worship. It says, Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Wow. Matthew 25. I'm not going to go through every verse in the Bible about hell or what I think is hell, but I just want to kind of ask a question here. Matthew 25. It says here, Matthew 25, verses 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand. So the people who are on the left hand, you mean like the left hand of the eschaton? You mean like logic and transaction and cold-hearted and legalism and a religion of legalism, not a religion of the soft heart? A self-centered religion, not an other-centered religion like what Jesus was preaching? Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So it's not like the devil's in charge of hell, he's a victim of it. But my question to you is where the hell is hell? Is it in another dimension? Is it in God's fingernail? Is it in God's mind? Is there a little piece of God's mind that is reserved for hell? Is there like fire inside one of God's neurons? Because God doesn't have neurons, he doesn't have a body. He's eternal mind. When Charleston Heston walks down the mountain in the Mount Sinai, his hair is like gray, it's like white. And they say, what did you see? What did you see? I have seen the light of eternal mind. Wow, that's a great line. The guy who wrote that was definitely inspired. What did you put in your coffee, man? Because that's a great line. So where is hell? You know, I, 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 I heard a very interesting thing, not in, the, not in the Bible, but this guy says, you know, once Adam and Eve sinned, God had to leave this universe. He couldn't stay in here. And he can't stay in here because his, his, his purity, his goodness, his holiness, his super califragilistic supercalifragilistic expialidocious level of love will so pulverize any kind of sin and try to quote set it right you just destroy the whole thing because it seems in Romans 8 that the entire universe has been subject to vanity I don't know if that's true or not like if Adam and Eve sinned and the whole universe has been like contaminated with sin like is there anybody else in the universe my my friend John used to get really upset when people said um, that we were the only ones in the universe or that the UFOs coming to Earth were really demons in, 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 um, demons in uh, masquerading as aliens. And he said, who do you, who do we think we are that we are the center of the universe? He got really upset with this. That's the height of pride, he said. And maybe he's true. Maybe, maybe there are other beings in this universe, but they can't come to Earth or they're not allowed to come to Earth. So I don't know what's coming to Earth, if, but maybe they're just 
watching us from a distance, like we've got a quarantine around us. Or maybe we have like a police tape, you know, a yellow police tape around the solar system that says police lines do not cross. Like God has got the police tape around our universe. Hey, police lines do not cross, do not cross this line. Like there's an investigation going on here, you know. So I really have no idea. But it is interesting because if, if God does enter back into this universe, is that Revelation 20 verses 9? Is that when God, because it says fire came down and devoured them. Where's the fire coming from? I would presumably think that it's coming from God. So God is coming down to earth. You mean he's finally stepping back into the universe that he made? Like, I don't even know if God can even fit in this universe. Like, maybe it's a multiverse and God and Jesus and the angels and all the pure beings are in another multiverse. I have no idea. I'm really, really um, speculating. But I want to read something. I want to read two verses, from one from Acts and one from Ezekiel. It says, Acts 2. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house when they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Like the tongues were made of fire. So the tongues were made of fire, and God has fire or commands fire. Is not God fire? So is hell a place or is it a person, i.e. is hell God? Because if you are in the presence of God and you are perfect before God, you are not a sinner. There's no guile found in you. You won't die. But if you are a sinner and you meet God, you're going to be burned. You're going to burn. That's my hypothesis. And that's my opinion. And I'm entitled to my opinion. And my opinion could be wrong. And my opinion is not salvational. It's just my opinion. I'm asking, I have a right to think. And I'm giving, I'm telling you all or asking you or requesting you to do the same. It's your prerogative. You are a spiritual son and daughter of God by faith. Galatians 3.26. You have a right to read and comment on the Holy Scriptures. All of the Scriptures. Not just one tiny little verse. Not some verse that your pastor told you. Um, not, some, not to squawk out what some commentary said. Of course you're going to read the Bible. Of course you're going to listen to your pastor. What You're going to say, hey, what do you think about this? Of course you're going to read a commentary. That is your right as a Christian. But the first order of business is to read the scriptures. Is it not? Am I not giving you good advice? If I am giving you good advice, maybe God is using me to give you good advice. So praise him. And if I'm giving you bad advice, then condemn me. But do not hold it against God if I'm giving you bad advice or advice you do not agree with or do not think is godly. I would like to read something uh, to you. It's Ezekiel 28. And there is a belief that this is actually talking about the Is it talking about the king of Tyre? Fall of the prince of Tyre. That's what my subtitle is for Ezekiel 28. 
But it is believed that this is actually a prophecy of Lucifer before he became the devil. And it says this in Ezekiel 28 verses 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. Man, who is this anointed cherub? And I destroyed you, oh, covering cherub. Ooh, covering cherub from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Wow. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Well, whoever this, quote, anointing, covering cherub dude is, unquote, he sounds pretty important. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Turned to ashes. Well, doesn't Second Peter say something about the fate of this world? So this world, it says the following. Second Peter 3.10 but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. What earth? This one? This one is going to be reduced to rubble, to ashes. Is this, are we standing on um, the pre-prototype of hell? This is the old covenant earth. This is an old covenant universe. It's corrupted with sin. God can't redeem this. It's going to be destroyed. He's redeeming your mind. But everything else is going the way of the dinosaur and the dodo bird. Are you standing on hell, but it's not burning yet? Or is hell God coming back to this earth? Here's why. Here's why. There is the feeling that hell is a place. No problem. It's a place of eternal torment, conscious eternal torment. That's what some of the commentaries say. And that's what some of the verses seem to allude to. No problem. See, it's not going to happen to you because you're a believer. Okay? So whatever it is, you don't put yourself there. And you didn't. You made the right choice. You're holding on to Jesus, clinging to your God, God our Father, our Father, together, all of us as Christians. It's not going to come nigh you. But you might see it. What are you going to see? Are, is some guy... Um, in hell forever like screaming in conscious torment how do you scream when you don't have a body how do you feel pain when you have no pain receptors there's no pachinian corpuscles you got no more epidermis do you have a body that just kind of burns and then it sort of regenerates and it burns again like forever is, is hell just a dark room like have you ever had a really bad nightmare and you just wake up in your bedroom and it's totally dark you don't even know where you are so you're kind of looking into the darkness, but your eyes are open. Is that what hell is? Are you conscious? You, ha you don't have a body. How do you have, you don't have eyeballs. Do you have eyeballs? Like what is your, what do the bodies of those who were sinners, who are separated from God forever, what do they look like and what do they feel? 
well, your mind is, you know, if you got a mind, okay, what's the mind inside? Like your mind is like software. How does the software work if there's no hardware? Like my computer, I can take the software out of it, I can shut it down, and then it's useless. I can't use it. I need hardware, I need electricity, and I need software. I need an operating system for this thing to work. Because I'm looking at YouTube right now, and if those three things are not working together, I don't get to see YouTube. The screen don't work, the computer CPU don't work, there's no electricity going through the wires of this thing, which is like a 2014 Dell computer. I'm surprised it's still okay. 2014, that's like a lifetime, but the thing is still working. It's got a lot of dust on it though. It's pretty gross. I think something is evolving in my computer. Could be something moving in there. I think Stephen King could have a field day with this thing. Great story. I looked in my computer and there were eyes looking at me. Anyways, do you know what I mean? So do you think I'm getting caught lost in the weeds? Okay, yes, I am. I'm just having fun right now. I'm talking to myself, actually. Babbling like a babbling monkey. And you have the misunfortunate um, opportunity to be listening to me. Because you have nothing better to do than to listen to a fellow Christian having fun who's making a complete idiot of himself and enjoying every freaking moment of it. And, and so... Again, I ask you, what is hell? Is hell a little like a little dr bucket in your in God's head? Maybe it's a little bucket, and all the bad people are in there. I mean, how big do they have to be? You know, God is like billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of feet tall. So a little tiny little six foot human, well, he could just reduce it to a six inch human. How about a six millimeter human? Why don't we just and then we'll just shrink them all the bad people down and put it into God's head, and then they can just run around screaming forever. So when you're in heaven and you're seeing God and Jesus and you're saying, hi, Lord, how are you? Inside God's head, unbeknownst to you, there's like people screaming and hollering, but it's so just a tiny little bit, you know, God is saying, hi, nice to see you today. So glad you can make it my son or my daughter. But meanwhile, there's these little bad people inside God's head. You don't have to worry about it. You can't hear them. Where is hell? I just want to know because... I kind of hear all these interpretations, human interpretations of hell, and they, some of them have been entrenched. I mean, I do like debates about it. I do like, the, and I think people should be encouraged to think about these things because they have a right to think about scriptures. And when I hear people saying, well, this is my interpretation. This is what I learned. How dare you question me? How dare you question the orthodoxy of the church fathers? How dare you question Martin Luther? How dare you question the Catholic Church? Wow, eternal conscious torment in hell? Like forever? Like, is that the evangelical official position? I don't know about you, but that sounds really, really, really close to purgatory. Like some guy in the Catholic Church figured that when you die, you go to hell if you're a bad person and you're, you're in torment forever. And then a bunch of people say, well, we're not going to believe in all this. And they come out and their version of hell, their interpretation of hell from scripture is kind of the same. Seems to me like may, we might have emerged out of the Catholic shadow. But Protestants, like we're, pro, we're Protestants, we're not like you at all. Well, some of your doctrines are still the same. There's been some trickle down and it hasn't really been removed. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying 
If hell is a place, where's that place? Is it another dimension? Because the Bible doesn't say anything like that. If you have a theory about scripture, a faith theory that nobody can prove, well, nobody can prove any of this stuff. But when you have a really, really weird idea that doesn't even make sense, is not cogent, it doesn't have any end-to-end clarity. Like if you're going to have a hypothesis or a theory, why don't you have an end-to-end clear theory? One time in the Bible study, we were all talking and I said, okay, what is, where is hell? What is that? And people started talking and they started saying things and they be, then they started to be quiet. I don't really know. And some of them wouldn't say anything. They're just like, if you think you know the scriptures, how come you don't know what you're talking about? It seems to me you didn't really think this through and what you are saying, you don't really understand it. You can't even draw it so you don't understand it. And you're just squawking out like a parrot what you have been taught when you were seven years old. I ask you, why is it important? Why is it important for people to have these beliefs? Why is it important for this Bible that I'm looking at, study Bible, to say that it is eternal conscious torment? By whose standards is it this? Because one verse says that they're tormented forever and ever. I don't even know what forever means. It's some Greek word. What does it mean? There's a couple of, couple interpretations of it. I think that hell is a person. It's God. God comes to this, this world, this universe, and he meets his children. He loves them all. Some live and some do not. That's my opinion, and I'm entitled to it. You don't have to agree with me, but I thought it would be fun to put it out there because God is fire. And you, as a redeemed son and daughter of God, will live in that fire with God, your Father, the God of love forever and ever, world without end, time without end, joy without limits. Think for yourself. God bless. Jesus died so that you could think for yourself.